Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Again, it's not my talents, it's not my education, it's not my abilities. It is a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit that's given to individuals as He wills to give it. You don't get a gift because you earned it. You don't get a gift because you deserve it. You don't get a gift just because you want it. Although Paul does say that we can pray and we can ask for particular gifts. We'll get into that a little bit later. You are empowered by the Spirit of God to carry out the abilities which God has given to you. All too easily, believers set out to do God's work on their own strength. When running only on the strength of man, we will spin our wheels and go nowhere. Today, Pastor David explores the ways in which the Holy Spirit teaches us about our gifts and enables us to carry them out in our lives. Our greatest blessing is the presence of God, and as we walk faithfully with God, He'll manifest His gifts in us. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Part One. We've been on our study in uh, 1 Corinthians now for a while, that modern church in ancient times. The reason I titled this whole series that way is because the same issues that Corinth dealt with, the same things that we deal with. Just because they were 2,000 years ago, humanity is the same and our enemy is the same. And uh, the technology may be different, but still the same issues that are going on. As we've gone through this, we're now in chapter 12. And as we began our study in chapter 12, we began doing a study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you've been with us uh, for a while, you've been with us as we've tried to lay down a a good foundation, a foundation of understanding about these gifts, an explanation really of what they were and what they weren't, as well as the the correct use of these gifts. I spoke to you earlier on uh, as we were getting into this, actually about two bookend verses that Paul listed as he's uh, starting to speak about these gifts here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those two bookend verses are actually found in verses 7 and verse 11. Verse 7 tells us, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So church, why were the gifts given? For the profit of all. It's not too difficult of a test. For the profit of all. That's why they're there. They're, they're, they're not so that I can you know, run around and say, whoa, I got this gift, I got this gift. Look at me, look at me. Pull out my card and say, hey, I'm David Landry and I've got the gift of. That's not why they were given. They were given for the benefit of all. Not for show, 
not for declaring your own spirituality, not even for your own personal gain or profit, except for one gift, and we'll look at that a little bit later. The gifts are given for the profit of all. The Holy Spirit gifted you in order that you could be a blessing to others. Why don't you say that with me, if you would. The Holy Spirit gifted me in order that I might be a gift to others or a blessing to others. That's why it's there. And then he closes, Paul closes that section right here with verse 11. And in verse 11, he says, but one and the same spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as who will? As he will, as he will. Not me. And again, it's not my talents. It's not my education. It's not my abilities. It is a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit that's given to individuals as he wills to give it. You don't get a gift because you earned it. You don't get a gift because you deserve it. You don't get a gift just because you want it. Although Paul does say that we can pray and we can ask for particular gifts. We'll get into that a little bit later. But the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts individually as he wills. So it's not for your benefit as much as it is for the benefit of the whole church, those within the local body. And I believe that's speaking about the local church body. When he says it's for the body of Christ, my gift really does not encourage a body of believers on the other side of town. The gift that you have isn't going to encourage or work within a body in in the next state over. Your gifts, the gifts that we are given, encourage and bless and benefit the local church body. That's why it's so important for us to be involved and connected with a local church body, because we get encouraged one for another, but also the very fact that then we become an encouragement for one another. It's all the part of being the body. This is the place in the local church, in the local congregation, that your gifts can be used where you can minister. This is the place where you can also be ministered to. So again, that whole idea of the local church body, the importance of it, the importance of belonging to it, part of being, the reason for being a part of the local body. I also shared with you some, I felt that they were pretty important points in reference to this. One of the things I said that, uh, again, is since it's the same spirit at work, the correct usage of the gifts should never lead to times of conflict or confusion in the working or in the demonstration of those gifts. There should never be mixed messages in the working or the demonstration of the gifts. The correct usage of the gifts will be in balance and in harmony with the written word of God. With the message of the Father, the ministry of Jesus, the gifts have to be in line with that. Secondly, don't get tied into only this one gift or that gift. It's okay to seek to know what your gifts are, but don't be overly obsessed with, with discovering or finding out what your gift is. It, he, he's given it to you, and he'll demonstrate it uh, or he'll raise it up in your life when the time comes. If the Spirit desires to give you a particular gift at a particular time because of a certain need at that moment and at that place, you know what? We need to be available. 
Oh, well, that gift's not mine. I know that you need mercy right now, but mercy's not my gift. And you walk away. Oh, you need uh, uh, hospitality or help. Well, that's not my gift. My gift is prophecy, and I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, but I'm not going to help you out anyway. You know, so again, we, we need to be open. The Holy Spirit, gift me for the need that's there, the understanding that's there. We understand that Jesus receives all the glory because, again, it's not us. It's not us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's all for him, of him, and through him, all for the glory of Christ. And then thirdly, the true gifts of the Spirit are the work of the Spirit. They're not the work of the flesh. Through the correct use of these gifts, the reality of God is made public. When you and I are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, correctly using the gifts that God has Uh, enabled us with, that the Holy Spirit has equipped us with, you know what? We're not moving in the flesh. We're moving in the supernatural work of God within our lives. And so the world sees God in us, sees Jesus in us, sees the work of the Spirit of God with us. When we look around us today, I think of way, way too many believers and even churches in general. They're they're moved in their, their own abilities. They're moved and they're driven by their own resources. Their, their actions are because of the circumstances that they find themselves in. And all too many believers move and act based on the world's values and the world's understanding. We need within the church today men and women who are continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, fresh and new, on a continual basis. Paul says, be ye being filled with the Spirit. That's the empowering work of the Spirit. It's not something that just simply happens once you're saved. Oh, when you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes. He abides within you, gang, but you need that in filling on a continual basis. And as I've shared, one of the reasons I need that filling all the time is because I leak. Every time I get out in the world and my attitude goes this way and my my thought processes go that way and my actions go that way, you know what? I start leaking. I just need to be freshly filled once again with the Spirit. We need to be equipped and empowered by the gifts of the Spirit. Too many people say, oh, the gifts are all gone. We, We don't use those anymore. Oh, we may teach. We may preach. We may have administrations. We have mercy. We have hospitality. But there are some other gifts we don't do today. They all went away when the apostles died. Baloney. That's not true. There's nowhere within the Word of God that says that. There's misuses. Absolutely. I absolutely understand that. But beloved, the gifts are still necessary. They're still valid. We need to be willing and able to step out of our comfort zone because we need to be led by the Spirit and not by our circumstances. That's as individuals, that's as families, and that's as the church body. To be led by the Spirit rather than my own logic. You know, there's too many times in my life I'm I'm led by my own logic, and that's about how far I get. I don't know about you, but I would love to be able to walk and live beyond that realm in a continual basis. Not my own circumstances, not my own logic. Man, can't can't begin to tell you what God has been doing in my life lately. Wow, I can't begin to tell you what today happened to me. Totally, totally not my deal, but God brought me into a situation, worked this, did that. That's 
that ought to be a part of our life on a continual basis. But too often, we limit ourselves. We walk within our own comfort zone, led by logic, led by human understanding, led by our own circumstances. It's only when we step out in the power and the leading of the Spirit of God, believing God for the impossible, that we're actually going to be able to see the greatness of who God is. I need to give that to you again because I think it's powerful for me. I think it's powerful for you. It's only when we step out in the power and the leading of the Spirit of God, believing God for the impossible, that we will see the greatness of who God is. When we're willing to step out and believe, there's no way this is going to work in the normal run of things. I've run the logic. I've run all the computer programs. I've used my calculator. I've checked my resources. I've checked my talents. I've checked my abilities. And yet God is saying to do this, and it makes no sense. Are we willing to say, yes, God, in the midst of that? Or do we count too many things and we sit back and never really see the greatness of God working within our lives. Henry and Richard Blackaby, in their study, Experiencing God, wrote the following. What our world often witnesses today is a devoted, committed Christian or church serving God, but they are not seeing God. They don't see anything happening that can be explained only in terms of God's activity. Why? Because we are not attempting anything that only God can do. When the world sees things happening through God's people that cannot be explained except that God himself has done them, the world will be drawn to such a God. Guys, it's when the supernatural work of the gifts of the Spirit of God shine in the world to exalt Christ, not man, Not to make a show, but to exalt God and give honor and glory to God. To make him known to the world. That's when we begin experiencing ourselves, his presence and his power in our own life. And that's when the world is drawn to something extraordinary. They're drawn to something real and supernatural, not just a show, not just something that's a hype. Today, we, we, as we move on in this lesson in the gifts, we've already covered the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge. But just real quickly, and, and not to belabor the point, I want to bring you back up to speed. When we talked about the word of wisdom, we spoke about the fact it's a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to help us supernatural understanding what we may know or see, in order that we might have that supernatural understanding of what we know, what we see, and then it directs us in a right application of that knowledge. You see, to have knowledge without wisdom is really dangerous. If I have the knowledge to make an explosive, but I have a wisdom to not do that, I could be really dangerous. See, God gives the gift of wisdom, and I'm glad that he does. The gift of wisdom, it directs us in the right application of that knowledge. Jesus' ministry, it was filled with wisdom in dealing with those that, that came to attack him. 
And he promised the apostles that the Holy Spirit would come and the Holy Spirit would reveal all things, that he would give them wisdom as well as knowledge. That supernatural divine gift of the word of knowledge. It gives us knowledge without learning. It's a supernatural revelation of facts, past, present, and future, which were not learned through the efforts of the natural mind. Today in the natural, in the the normal run of things, what I know are those things that I've either learned or I've experienced. I've learned through book knowledge certain things. Through experience, I've learned other things. But the supernatural gift of wisdom, God gives in a way that, man, that's nothing that I knew. That's nothing that I learned. That's nothing that I experienced. God gave me that word of knowledge at that point in time for that particular need. Well, again, Jesus, knowing the hearts of all men, how did he know that? Because he had that gift of knowledge. They would come up to speak to him. Oh, you're, you're a great teacher. And he would know. No, I, I know your heart. I know exactly what you're trying to butter me up. We, we see it. You, you remember in the... the uh, first century church in Acts chapter 5, the the story of Ananias and Sapphira who came to to give this gift to the church and yet they were lying about it. It, They weren't given all that and they were puffing themselves up to be something and they weren't anything. And what? The, The Holy Spirit gave Peter that word of knowledge. Whoa, whoa. Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? And if you know that story, uh, again, that, that first century church, that was hardcore. You know, you lie, you lie to the pastor there, you're going to be in really big trouble. Uh, okay, so some people pray for a first century church. Uh, I don't know if you really want that or not. <laughs> Enough of the catching up. Let's move forward. The next gift listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's found in verse 9. It's the gift of faith, the gift of faith. Now, this isn't saving faith. No, every believer has to have saving faith. This is something more. This is the kind of faith that moves mountains, okay? This is the kind of faith that can speak to that tree and say, be moved, and man, it goes and it plants itself in the ocean. This is the kind of faith way beyond that. This is something that that brings mountains to radio stations, actually, too. It's a move of God that's beyond the ordinary, and I've shared with you guys many times, man, my faith is usually about that, you know, limited. It's within the things I can see. And when God moves in a special way and speaks to my heart in, in a way, it just blows me away because I know that it's not me. And in the same way, that gift of faith comes to us, not of our own logic and understanding, but well above that. It's not a normal it's an empowering of the Holy Spirit in specific situations, allowing God's hand to move in a powerful way. Now, I've known people who, who had faith. I mean, they, they, they just walked in faith. They, they walked in an abundance of faith. What we're speaking about here is even beyond that, even greater than that. One writer describes it as a, a sudden surge of faith, usually in a time of crisis, to confidently believe Without any doubt, when the gift of faith is, is in operation, believers will have this unshakable confidence that God is going to do what he promised to do even when it appears absolutely impossible. No, I know that God is going to do that. God has assured me that he is going to open that door. 
<laughs> Dude, that door is locked with like five locks and there's a guard in front of it and it's a steel door on top of that and there's chains and everything. That's okay. I know that God is opening that door. And then all of a sudden, boom, God opens the door. Did it seem logical? Could you figure out how you could do it you know, in, in a physical way, in a material way? No, it is a supernatural work of God. He's promised to do it. It will be done. I wish I could say that I move from this gift all the time, but I don't. I've experienced it at times in my lives, and that's why I know that it's not my faith when that happens, that it is the work of the Holy Spirit. Years ago, my wife and I went to the hospital to see the dying mother of one of our members. We went into the hospital, and she literally was on her deathbed, and we came in there to pray with the family. And I've just got to tell you, at that point in time, just the Holy Spirit took over. And at the same time, both Tot and I had that assurance that this lady's not dying right now. And the Lord just gave me the word, not here and not now. Not here and not now. You know what? His mom is still alive. She's, I think she's in her 90s now. That was years ago. And she was, man, it just seemed like she was ready to die. That wasn't a gift of healing. I didn't pray for healing or anything before we even had a chance to pray. God just gave me that word, that belief and that faith that God was going to do something that everything in a logical sense would not have worked. And yet, she's still, she's there, she's still moving and working and and blessing the family. God was doing something. We were simply a conduit of the blessing for that family. One thing I do know, and I'll just share this. Don't share this with anybody else. It's just between you and I. It's usually easier for me to have faith for you than it is for me. I think that's part of our human nature because when I'm praying and trying to believe by faith for situations within my own life, my own brain, you know, kicks in and it says, yeah, but this, well, what about that? Well, what about this? What about that? Whereas when we look at each other, we don't have all of that going and we can just pray in faith for each other. Again, speaking that these gifts are not so much for ourselves as much as they are for the whole body of Christ. Too often, I, I stand just like that father of that, uh, the, the son who is demon-possessed and Jesus coming down off the mountain of transfiguration and says, ah, you know, I, I asked your disciples to pray. They couldn't do anything. He's still you know, in worse shape than when I asked them to pray. And, and you know, is it possible? And Jesus tells him, well, you know, if you believe, anything's possible. The guy was real honest. He didn't say, I believe, 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 until he believed, no. He just said, you know what, I, I, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And you know what, I think that God honors honesty. I believe that God honors honesty. And too much in the Christian world, there's this whole little deal say, oh, you don't, want, you don't want to say anything. Todd and I were talking the other day, and I was talking to somebody else about this. You know, if I wake up in the morning, and I've got a 102-degree temperature, and my insides feel like they're inside out and rolling over, and there's like a freight train running through my gut, I'm going to say, you know what? I feel sick. I'm not going to say, oh, I feel wonderful. I'm going to say, I feel sick. And then I'm going to pray, Lord, would you heal me? Would you give me strength? 
I think we get into way too much New Age stuff, but that's a whole other message in, in trying to figure out, you know, how we're supposed to pray. Do we pray believing? Yes. But I believe we pray in honesty, too. That's all the time we have for today on The Open Word. We hope today's message has touched you. Pastor David Landry will continue teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians on the next edition of The Open Word. But right now, we'd like to share with you how you can hear more from Pastor David. Just visit theopenword.com and click on Teachings to hear or download past messages. You can also get in contact with us with any questions you might have or let us know how we can be praying for you on your faith journey. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We are thankful you've listened to today's message, but want to make sure that this isn't your only source of spiritual nurturing. We encourage you to find a church family who will help you grow in your walk with God. If you're in the Casa Grande area, we'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Here's Pastor David with more information. Hey, thanks, Chris. I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande for a time of worship and fellowship and studying the Bible. We meet every Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning and on Wednesday and Saturday evenings at 6.30 p.m. You can find our address and directions by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church page. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in next time for another edition of The Open Word.